Welcome to episode 151 of the Thunder Underground podcast. This episode is not sponsored by Bacardi. No. Unfortunately, we would love their money. Maybe someday. We would love anybody's money. If you're out there and you want to sponsor us or something, let us know. Yeah. And the words of Justin Poole's Egotastic Fun Time, send us all your money. That's right. That's Yeah, send all of it. And you don't have to just send money. We have t-shirts. Stickers, yeah, you magnets, will, armbands, koozies, all kinds of crap. You will get something for your money. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. By the Speaking way, of, we uh, actually well, have well, a Patreon account. We and do? I, I was wondering up, about that. I set that up a while back and then haven't really done anything with it. So, in the near future, be on the lookout for that. See, here's <laughs> the thing I always wondered about that. We could have, and you know, I can talk about this on the podcast. We'll be open about it. Maybe, maybe somebody out there can give us some suggestions. But if you've got, we've got the Patreon, but for certain ple- level of, levels of pledges, you get something in return. What, what could we offer? Because, you know, it's people that give every month. Right. I don't, that's what I've wondered with the podcast. What exactly yeah. I you mean, would do other than, other than our impeccable musical insight. And interviews that we offer our valued listeners. What do we have to offer? You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could play miniature golf with Jason. Um. Yeah. I, I see mean, that you two's doing a thing right now where you can donate stuff to charity, and whoever wins gets to play miniature golf with Edge and Bono. <laughs> really, really, that'd be crazy. I mean, that'd be all good and stuff, but I mean. If I don't really know you that well or don't know you at all, I'm pretty withdrawn. So right. it might be an awkward game of miniature golf. That's true. Just warning you. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, but well, we'll hey, those ideas. Hey, if you've got ideas, comment them here on Facebook yeah. or on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever you're listening on. Yeah, right? and maybe I should be okay with mini golf. Just put myself out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of interviews, today's. Episode features Skylar Kroom, the lead vocalist of He Is Legend. That's right. And this is actually his return. Second time on the show. Yeah. First time was earlier this year, a little bit before their album Few came out. The album's now been out since the spring, so happy to have him back. Get into that here in a bit. But before we do, we want to play some music. Yes. Just get right into this right now. A band out of North Carolina called Binding Isaac. This song's called Halo. Go! 
Halo from Binding Isaac out of Asheville, North Carolina. That's right. That's some, I love the guitar tone throughout this song on those riffs. Just real dirty and deep. And also it sounds like it's got a edge or a fuzz to it, whatever the right word is. But it also sounds just like heavy metal. It doesn't sound like your fuzz kind of music. But Definitely. Um, there's some tight riffing going on. I mean, right from the get go. Um, this is a, for me, you know, the, the guitar stick out cause I'm a guitar guy, you know, um, I love the fucking solo. I mean, that's just, uh, that's a, a, a guitar player's guitar player solo. Um, I, and I really actually like the chords underneath it roll anthem and I always trip up over this fucking word anthemic yeah. anthemic. Anyways, that's Anthemic. what the fuck it is. Um, you know, and, and even with, uh, you know, all that's going on in the song, there's a hook. The, you know, the vocals, uh, you know, are ball squashers, as I like to say. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, uh, uh, this is a, just a great metal tune. And, and you know, you, you know, you'll, you'll end up singing the chords, you'll end up singing the vocals. You know, uh, hook is, you know, again, the word I'm using. And uh, so take note of that. And uh, it's a great song. And let's act like Eddie Trunk for a minute. Throw a shout out. You're a friend of yes. one of the guys in the band from way back, right? Yes, the bass player Judah. Um, you know, he he's an old buddy that uh, took Votech with way back in high school. And uh, we actually jammed with him a couple times long, oh, that's long, right. long time ago. Yeah. I think me and Eric did. God, I can't remember. But um, we, we played his, his previous band before a f- couple years ago on the show. That's and, right. And, uh, you know, they're, and he's got this new band, Binding Isaac. Uh, they're playing around North Carolina. No, they just opened up for Avatar. And I think they're opening up for Davy Suicide coming up. So, I- anyways, uh, you know, show these guys some love. You know, they're all over Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Reverb Nation, um, that's got three songs. Just search, you know, Binding Isaac, Reverb Nation, uh, and, uh, give them a listen. Yeah. Follow them and like them. Tell them that we sent you. That's right. Well, last week, we went to see Alter Bridge. Yes. They came through town, and this tour that they're on right now is a triple bill. It also features All the Remains and Sons of Texas. Yes. And that's, you know, quite a great triple bill, because a lot of times it, it, you see... A, yeah, it's a strong bill. It really is. Yeah, a lot of times anymore, at least for me, you know, back in the day, there used to be better ones. And a lot of times in, like, the real heavy stuff... You'll get three bands I like, but it's not that common in this style of hard rock or metal that you get three bands that I like on the same bill. You yeah. Know? So that's that's cool. And I mean, the highlight of, I mean, it's hard to say because when this first announced, the highlight for me was, okay, we're going to get to see Sons of Texas again. Yes, exactly. But yeah. As they was... got closer, I got more and more excited about Alter Bridge because it had been quite a while yeah. since yeah. I'd seen them. And that new album is fantastic. Well, came out in 2016. It's fantastic, just like everything they've done. They've got five, was it five albums now or six? And they don't have anything subpar on any of them. Yeah. Did it come out in 2016? Yeah. Wasn't early 20. Jesus. Man. Yeah, that's why they said this is like the end of the cycle. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, so I mean, this thing kicks off, which will. Back up, we saw at the Canes Barn in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Kicks off with Sons of Texas. And they got about, like you expect for the third band, about 30 minutes or so. Yes. Six songs. What was it, about three and three off the first album? 
in I the think new so. Album, yeah, roughly. Didn't they open with <laughs> Vestryman? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They did. But, then they did South Texas Trim. Right. Yeah. God. I, yeah. And they the thing we both talked about after the fact was, you know, we thought it, you think it's kind of odd that they didn't play Bad Ties in Rio Grande. Yeah. Because that was the big single from the first one. But first then, record. When you think about it, it's not like these guys are like massive. Yeah. So it's not like people are like, I don't know how to word that. Right? I'm just saying, you know, it's they can get away with it at the at the point they're at right now. Yeah. Well, my my take on it was was they wanted to get new stuff in there. Yeah. You know, and feed the need is out. You know, or that was one of the first lyric videos they. You know, and, and of course they want to, uh, beneath the riverbed, they want to push that. Of course. As they should. I think that's as strong as anything they've put out. Um, and, and then on the other, the other side of the coin is they've got 30 minutes, so they want to just get in there and punch you in the face and, you know, get some barn burners in there real quick and, and get everyone pumped. Right. So, you know, maybe that's, they were just going for like, you know, the heavier stuff or something. I mean, I, that's just my speculation as a, as a fan. Right. Um, well, that's right. They played Forged by Fortitude, which yes. is like the heaviest song yeah. on the new album. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, we've had these conversations a million times. I, I'm not a guy that needs to hear the radio singles. Right. You know, I think, you know, as a band, you play whatever the fuck you want. And if the crowd doesn't like it, well, they can go fuck themselves, you know. Uh, it's the Black Crows approach, the Pearl Jam yes, approach. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I understand that, you know, it, it's it's like when Iron Maiden came through and everyone was butt hurt they didn't play Run to the Hills. Who gives a shit? We've heard that song a million times. Go listen to your CD. I'm just glad they're in town. Right. You know, but anyways, I'm getting off track here. Um, but I mean, Sons of Texas, they, you know, they were great. You know, they, they showed exactly why, you know, I love this band so much and so much more than newer bands, than the newer bands that are out today is, you know, they're, they've got power, they're melodic, um, but they're not fucking cheesy or, or, or radio rockish, you know, and, um, and they they made they made the most of the set of the set time that they had. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, you know, I I, I dug it. I, you know, I, I can't wait to see him again. Well, you mentioned beneath the riverbed, and that was definitely a highlight for me because, like you said, it's strong as anything they've ever done, and that's mm-hmm. my favorite song on this album. And oh yeah, they it's might be my favorite song of the year. If not, it's top three. Yeah. And, they sounded great live, just like it does on record. That's right. That's right. And Just Hoyos had his uh, Jim Root uh, Fender Stratocaster, oh, yeah. which I fucking love. That thing is that guitar is so fucking badass. Um, I I don't know why. I don't. I'm not the biggest. Not a big sli- Jim Root. Fan. I'm not a big <laughs> Slipknot guy, but Jim Root's fucking guitars are badass. So, anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, just uh, I can't say enough great things about this band, Sons of Texas. Get into them. Yeah, I I should have looked up the episode beforehand, but a few episodes back, back I think it was in October when the album came out, mm-hmm. we did a lengthy talk about the new album, so oh, go yeah. back and check that out. We nerded out over the whole fucking thing. Yeah. It was and glorious. We've got here in just a couple of weeks, probably you'll be hearing the best of 2017 mm-hmm. episode, and that'll definitely be on there. That's right. And we've had these guys on the show twice before. That's right. John Oliveris and Jess DeHoyas. Yes, definitely. And at the beginning of the show, Mark uh, said, yes. what's up, OKC? Yeah. And then kicked into the song, and then everybody 
was chanting Tulsa after the thing, and he owned up to it and apologized for the next two or three songs. Even in the middle of it, he's again, he's like, Oklahoma City, are you with me? Or something like that. (laughs) And then at the end of the, you see, you see, uh, um, you see John Oliveris walk over to him and say something at the end of the first song. And then he started laughing and put his head in his hands, and he knew he fucked up. He owned up to it, and everyone was chanting Tulsa. And, uh, but I, you know, who cares? Uh, to right. me, that was funny. That was just something cool that you get to see that you don't get to see all the time. Yeah. I mean, I've, we've seen that a few times throughout the years. And I mean, these guys playing a bunch of shows, sometimes it slips yeah. your mind. And... Yeah. No kidding. When you, you know, you're, you're on the road every day and you got so much going on. I wouldn't know what the fuck town I was in either. Right. But see, I gotta, that, that brings up a point is like, I don't, in all the shows I've ever been to in my whole life have, I, I don't know that I've ever been to one where, where somebody got the town wrong. I think that was the first one. The first you've been to a little bit more than me. Maybe you did, but I, I don't. One that jumps out. I can't remember. I was like actually walking out of Godsmack when they played Rocklahoma. The first time they played Rocklahoma, like okay. in 2010, I think it might have been. Yeah. And he said he yelled something to "What's up, Oklahoma City?" or something about Oklahoma oh, okay. City when they were in prior. Nice, <laughs> nice. And I know there was something else where I was like that, where someone else said. Oklahoma City and Tulsa, you know, as well, but I can't remember. Well, you know, not to get off subject, but to get off subject, um, you know, I remember hearing a thing a few months ago with Sully Erna, um, some interview or something I read. I don't know why I read it. I'm not the biggest Godsmack fan in the world. But he said something like this new album they got coming out is totally different. They're they're doing something different with their sound, and they're going to have a new look and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, like for their 20th anniversary, they're just going to do something crazy or whatever, you know? Well, I was, you know, waiting on your slow ass a minute ago, and I was just thumbing through my feed, and Blabbermouth had a thing about a new clip from Godsmack's new record. And I listened to it, and it was sounded like every other goddamn Godsmack song (laughs) I've ever heard in my fucking life. Right. Because I was just curious, I'm like... Okay, well, <laughs> right. You, you really branched out there, didn't you, guys? Well, I remember he said something like that when he was on Josta, and then maybe that's where I heard it. I can't fucking remember. They had a single out around that time, and it did sound a little different. It sounded more just kind of like classic rock, really. You know, didn't sound like you know generic Alice in Chains or anything. You know. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Yeah. How the fuck? We're, we're, we're still on this fucking altar bridge show. We haven't even got oh, to yeah. all that remains yet. <laughs> Jesus. So all that remains okay, is up. All that remains. It's Let's been go. quite a while, and I can't even remember. No. I, I think the last time I saw... No? Okay. I, I saw it, Diamond Ballroom opening for fucking Dragon Force in Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. Was that the one I was at? Yes, but we saw my OzFest 06, too. I wonder if that was the same year. I can't fucking remember. Well, I saw him a few years ago um, on that tour. It was Bull Beat, him. Oh, yeah, and um, Airborne and all Airborne that and All yeah. That Remains. Yeah. And that was great, and I really liked All That Remains there, yeah. even though that was about the point where I was starting to lose interest because they were changing their sound to be more radio friendly i guess yeah which is a you know a lot of these bands have done that they i mean even kill switch has a couple songs where yeah. but all the remains seem to do it a lot more on 
you know, I didn't even listen to the newest album, you mm-hmm. know, so I can't really comment on it. But I remember that album that had like stand up and all that stuff just sounded more radio friendly, which yeah. is fine. I like bands like that, but it's kind of like when Metallica did Load, you know, I'm just like, this is fine, but it, I know what this band was capable of. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of why I lost interest. Uh, I, you know, I kind of checked out on all that remains, but I, I don't know why. Maybe that's just my ignorance, but, you know, it, they don't suck. Um, well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing live. they just live, don't they're... do it for me, but, I mean, you know, Phil Labonte has always been able to do anything vocally he wants to. He could he could be in a, you know, he could be an Iron Maiden or he could be in Cannibal Corpse. Yeah. You know, and, and he, he really utilizes all those all those shades of his voice. And so, I mean, that was never, that's never something that, you know, if he came out with a clean song or they did a, a, a rough song that never bothered me. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It, it's just one of the, and, and I really used to love them, you know, but I think it's just one of those things where, you know, I kind of got, there's a point where I kind of got out of all that kind of metalcore type kind of stuff. I kind of stopped listening to a lot of that. So, Maybe that's where, you know, they lost me or something, but I, I don't know. I mean, but one thing that can be said, I mean, fuck me, fuck what I think. Uh, they had a great, they had a great turn, you know, uh, they had a great response. People love that band. People around here really love that band. And, uh, you know, you know, the, the crowd was digging them at this show. And that's what you want. And that's why, that's just another reason why this was a great triple bill. Yeah. And they, like you said, his voice, it sounds great live, and the guitar work is as good as most bands, any yeah. band out there, you know, yeah. better than a lot of them. But it's just something about the fact of how much I love Alter Bridge and how much I love Sons of Texas now that it, they kind of got lost in there for me. Yeah. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I do know one thing by watching that guy... uh watching that guy play watching that guy perform i need to a start working out more right and b get me like a whole case in there you know <laughs> right yeah he looked like a professional wrestler yeah he did yeah he did <laughs> the fucking bass player looked like a monster too yeah you know i got a picture of him when we met him at that Ozfest, remember yeah that's I right think you yeah. Did too. Yeah. And yeah he looked the same back then you yeah know? i know ripped I know. you know with you know, no hair on his body. Uh, I know. Like looking like Chris Jericho yep. or something. I, don't know. I mean, and it, you know, it's sad. I take my shirt off. I look like a fucking piece of chewing gum with hair stuck in it. What you know. <laughs> Anyways, what? Again, we're way off on the um, Alter Bridge is next. Yes. Or let me ask you this. Let me ask you this before we move on to Alter Bridge. What do you think of live or in any? When it came out, what do you think of All That Remains' version of Thunder Rolls? The first time I heard it, I I thought, ah, right, that's all right. And then I listened to it again, and I'm just like, nah, whatever. Yeah. It didn't, I don't, it's just one of those songs I don't really have anything bad to say about it, but yeah. I don't really, it didn't really do anything for me. And it's kind of funny that came out because, you know, Devil Driver has this album that's supposed to be coming out soon that is all covers of country songs. That's right. I forgot about and that. And just like not that long ago, in some interview, Des said that 
He's like, I don't understand why metal bands do covers of metal songs. There's no point or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so, I mean, it's cool that they're doing a song like that because it's completely out of left field. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, a lot of people that like metal, you know, don't like country at all. Yeah. But, or if they do, it's old country. But mm-hmm. Garth Brooks is one of those guys that straddles the line and he was before all the shit turned pop you know yeah yeah, so i'm I'm fine with it i don't know yeah okay good good what about you you're not a big fan of that. no i'm not a big fan (laughs) at all i mean it just doesn't and and i like what you're saying about what des said about you know why do metal bands cover metal songs i mean it's cool and maybe it's cool when somebody does something a little left of center but for me this one didn't work but whatever Right, people. I know that when they fucking played it, all the phones went up. Yeah, you know, I couldn't see a goddamn thing because everyone had their fucking phones up. <laughs> so, and I did not take any pictures at this concert. Yes, yeah, I'm here. I was in the fucking moment. Yeah. So, a uh, little tip out there for everybody. Yeah. Well, Alter Bridge, of course. If you haven't seen them live, you're missing out. Oh man, it's been. Man, was the last time I saw him live, I think, was the Dallas show we went to, right? Yeah, or when was when did we see him at that casino with, like, Blackstone Cherry and shit? I think that was, was before. Was that before or after? Well. I can't remember. I think that was before that. There was somebody else at that show, too. Which one? The show, uh, the Carnival of Madness, Alter Bridge, Blackstone Cherry, and... Yeah, it was headlined by Theory of a Dead Man, and we left before that. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, Theory of a Dead Man. <laughs> uh, anyways, moving right along. Well, they we saw them in Dallas at Trees with yes. Taddy Porter back That's whenever right. they were still a rock band. And uh, I'll cut that part out. Right. Uh, no. No, no, fuck it. No, because we saw them... Live earlier this year at that Gene Simmons thing, and yeah. they were, you know, they're good. Yeah, yeah, they were decent. We're just but, dickheads. <laughs> well, Alter Bridge is, a, in my eyes, a phenomenon of hard rock metal. I, uh, mean, you, I agree. Because they're, like, you, you talked about it when we did that review of Sons of Texas, about how they're one of those bands that perfectly straddle that line. Mm-hmm. And Alter Bridge does at times, too. Yeah, They've yeah. got points where they're into that metal world. Mm-hmm. But, man, you, every single song, they're one of those bands that, they they didn't play probably, I don't, you know, my top three Ultimate songs, they didn't play yeah. a single one of them. But that's one of those bands that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because every single song is great. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you could have, every, you know, I would love to go see these guys and see a new set list every single day and mm-hmm. it'd be just phenomenal. Yeah. And seeing, you know, Black, the song Blackbird, the title track from their second album, they play live like every show. And that's like eight minutes long. And that's just like a religious experience almost to me. <laughs> like that's like one, I, I take that back. That's probably my top three songs. But just to, you know, be able to hear that, you know, is worth the whole show. Definitely. And then everything else they do. And like Blackbird, the album is my favorite album by them. And they, okay. They actually play like five songs off it, and that's another thing I wanted to point out. I I love how a lot of bands, they'll play, obviously, stuff from their newest album, stuff from whatever their most popular album is, and like one or two other songs in there. But like Alter Bridge, pretty much 
the span of the five albums, they've they spread it out over all of them. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't, you know, as heavy, you know, there was a few songs from the new album, but just as much from the first album and from Blackbird and from Fortress and everything else, AB3. Yeah. So, you know, I love the fact that they, you know, still respect the catalog and they even played Brand New Start from Blackbird, which they haven't been playing recently because I've been looking at the set lists. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know, that was that was another highlight. Anyway, I can keep rambling. Well, you go. I love this band. I love this band. I am not an Alter Bridge fucking maniac, though. <laughs> um, and when I say that, what I mean is, you know, um, you know, I I, I love, uh, you know, I love I, I Miles Kennedy is a fucking freak of nature. I mean, he's got an amazing voice. Um, he can fucking play guitar like, like nobody's business. Um, I love, I love Mark Tremonti. I love his fucking soloing. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just balls out. You know, it's like, um, Zach Wild, not, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have a style like Zach Wild, but it's just that, that, urgency in his playing you know like you know every fucking note is even in the flurries every note is like he plays it like it's his last note he might ever play um i really love the fact that you know this band is from the ashes of creed um you know it came from a a thing that kind of people bagged on and maybe still bag on and they still and they created something totally different and they they made the best of their second chance and are now probably more, you know, lauded than Creed ever was, um, you know, and uh, I just, re- you know, they're one of those, uh, there's so much to dig into in their catalog and their albums. I mean, you know, and, and they're not, they're not one of those, you know, just, uh, I mean, each song is a journey. Each song is, is a quest and, it takes a lot to listen to one of their albums. Yeah. I think, you know, it really does. And for me, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little long winded here, but for me, I only know the titles of a handful of songs, but I've listened to them for years and I love them. And I just kind of push play and let it go. And so, you know, I knew a lot of the songs. I just didn't know what they were called. And I'm that way with a lot of bands. I'm kind of a lazy listener sometimes, <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, I hate that, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but this, you know, to see them live and I mean, it was, it was probably the most memorable time I've ever seen them live. It really, the, the last two times were cool, but this was like epic, you know? I mean, I, I don't know if it was, you know, a bit bigger of a venue or the lights or how they constructed their set, but it was just a really epic feel. And you felt like you were seeing something pretty special. Um, and again, it's like, you know, every solo Mark Tremonti does is just like, you're hypnotized by it. You know, I I was just, I was craning my neck, you know, if somebody was in the way or whatever, whenever he went to solo, I wanted to watch it. I wanted to see, you know, just this guy is so, I mean, I think he's underrated because I think the whole band is underrated. 
I think in America, people still, I had a couple people, you know, during the week, you know, when I told them I was going to Alter Bridge, and they're like, who's that? <laughs> and then I tell them, you know, oh, well, the three guys used to be in Creed with a different singer, and they'd laugh. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's no laughing here. This is fucking legit. You know, you just, you just haven't tried it because it, what it comes from, and that's fucked. You know, because this is such a, uh, such a deeper thing. So, I mean, yeah, it was just, a, it was epic. And these guys, you know, they're such great musicians. And it's such a, a it's just such a, a, a solemn, serious, professional show. Um, yeah, it was, uh, again, epic. So, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> well, something to point out was the crowd reaction, too, that... All the songs, it didn't matter what it was, even something that had never been on the radio. Mm-hmm. He would, there would usually be a point in a song where he would stop and let the crowd sing a verse. They'd sing or, every fucking and people word, sang yeah. every word, no matter what the song was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it wasn't a few people, it was like you look around and you hear yeah. it as well. And, you know, to me, that's huge for a band like that. That's, that shows something. Yeah. And another thing that I wanted to point out was the, when they did, watch over you and in loving memory Mm -hmm. they did it acoustically yeah i was just watching that and i was thinking how amazing it would be to see miles and mark tremani or even just miles do an acoustic show you know a full-on tour or whatever well that'd be something wouldn't it yeah that'd be great so maybe we'll get that one day i mean right now miles has I actually just saw yesterday a single's already out and I haven't heard it. I, I, I heard a clip of it on Eddie yeah. Trunk today, and it's a real, um, it reminded me of like real, like when Zeppelin would do like the bongos and the Middle Eastern kind of sound, kind of songs, acoustic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Eddie Trunk said the whole album's pretty much like that. Wow. So it's kind of kind of different. His voice was fucking crazy good, though. I mean, it was a catchy song, so definitely check it out. Yeah. I you think know. that album's supposed to be out sometime in the spring. It's, yeah, it said March. Okay. So, yeah. But listen to that single, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, Alter Bridge, I mean, it's, like I said, a damn phenomenon, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> without a doubt. Well, we should talk about his legend, because this is a pretty lengthy interview. Yes. And we can sit here and talk about Alter Bridge and whatnot before we talk about his legend, because... Skyler from his legend is all over the place when it comes to his music taste as well. Which is how it should be, really. Yeah, same way we are when we talk about yep. everything from Poison to Rancid to Slayer to whatever. You know? and, and hats off to him, way more way more varied than I am. I got to give him credit, you know. I got, <laughs> I admit I'm not that, you know, I, I wish I was a little bit more diverse, you know, these days. And But, you know, that's awesome that you can do that. That's how it needs to be. Yeah. Their new album, Few, is great. Like, it's definitely something you should check out. No matter what kind of heavy music you're into, his vocals are great, and there's a lot of awesome guitar work on here. And there's even a couple points in a couple songs that remind me of Metallica. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of, I know the album before, you know, we get into, because I know you liked a lot of that, and you yeah. mentioned that, and he's that one was a lot different. It had more... You could even compare some of that to like Stone Old Pilots. So that shows kind of how varied these guys are, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we talked a lot about his band and their music, but we also, 
went off on all kinds of different tangents and talked about Home Alone and Campgrounds of America. And this is just, he's just such a cool guy to talk to. And, and uh, you know, it, it was a great conversation. Yeah. He's just, yeah, and he's just really interesting to listen to because yes. he, like you said, he's well-versed in a lot of things. Last time we had him on, there was some audio issues because we did it outside yeah. and it was windy. So there was several points throughout that interview where the wind broke up what he was saying. And, you know, I mean, you could still listen to it without a problem. But anyway, so this one, we did it outside again and his voice sounds perfectly fine. You can hear us all, but there's some loud music in the background. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I tried to do the best I can, but other than that, it's not too bad. So, hey, I, I just want to point that out for all the people on YouTube that love He is Legend and commented last time about how they wish this sounded better. Yeah. This one sounds a little better. <laughs> hey, you're the sound master. You got this. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this is your first time listening, you got all kinds of places you can follow us and like us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you're listening to us on SoundCloud, that's awesome. We're also on iTunes now. Yes, we're on Take iTunes, Stitcher. Google Music. Yes, we are on all that now, so check it out. Yeah, TuneIn and Pocket Casts. Yes. Leave us reviews, please. Yeah, like us on everything you can. Click the little heart and leave reviews. That helps. And, of course, our website is thethunderunderground.com. Everything's on there as well. Let's get into this. Skylar Croom, he is legend. You guys been good? Yeah, yeah. Trying to, yeah, yeah. Good as it can be, right? I've asked this before, people know, for the, the the room and the stage, right? You know, with all the extra stuff that they bring. I mean, is it any restrictions at all? Yes. Yeah. I mean, so last night we played essentially in a line like the fucking Beatles, you know? Like, uh, I was beside Adam. Jesse's drums were right up front beside me. I couldn't cross in front of them. Matt and Denny were on the other side on stage left. So, yeah, they have a huge setup. I mean, it, it's not the first time us being second of four. You know, we've de- we've dealt with big stages like on Seven Dust. They have a big, huge drum, you know, rack. So did Story of the Year. So I mean, some bands at least try to leave room for the openers. And Guar does their best, but they do have, on top of gear, I mean, you know, they create a, a, a set. It's more theatrical than anything, you know. They're one of the best rock bands on the planet. Yeah. But they have a lot of theatrics in the way I, I would assume, like a kiss would travel, you know, or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it does get, it gets, it gets pretty, uh, pretty cluttered, you know, there's like 16 monsters backstage, you know, and like everybody's doing a different job, running around, so we try to stay out of the way as much as possible. Yeah, we were back there a minute ago, it smelled a little rough, oh man, <laughs> where all their costumes were in that room. It smells like what it is, it's that liquid latex, I mean, you know, I worked, worked in film for a while, you know, 
you smell it all over horror movies since all this, all day long, you know, that liquid, like almost rubber cement smell, and uh, they don't get clean that often, so there is like a bit of like ass juice, I'm sure, all over, all over. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's so interesting, I mean, we had never seen Guar before, so yeah, this is our first Rodeo. I, I'm a big proponent of everyone should see Guar show at least once in their lives. They've got experience. I I agree with you 100% now, and I would have never I would have gone my whole life without seeing them had it not been for this tour, and, not, and for no real reason other than my own ignorance. I always knew every you know it's like saying like saying you got to see a dead show, you know. Yeah. I know for a fact if we went to go see the dead, I mean regardless of like the drugs and whatnot that are involved in the, the, watching the dead. The crowd brings a vibe that just, and it's the same with, with the, you know, the rock and roll juggalos, you know, where, yeah, yeah. it's a bunch of interesting people. You either have like very, like snooty punk rock kids, you know, like real crust kids, real punk rock kids, a lot of patch kids. And, uh, and then you have like the kids who just like super comic book, like enthusiasts, very into the storyline. You know, they're there to see the show and bear witness to, like, what they're almost cosplaying along with and, like, in knowing that, it's, that there's a truth, you know? Yeah. There are kids coming with green mohawks and, like, you know, like, rust kids on meth that are coming to just, like, you know, watch Guar because Guar thrashes and they're awesome. It's really cool to see that dichotomy. We barely fit in there. You know, we're, we're kind of a hard pill to swallow on this tour, which is... It's okay. I mean, we we like that. Yeah. But uh, it's a rock and roll tour for sure. I mean, can't deny that we're not a rock and roll band. Definitely. U.S. Bastards is rock as hell. There's you know, Ghoul is 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 uh, more of a, like a thrash band, but they're they're so good. They're like one of my new favorite bands. I love them. And then Guar, obviously, like if you haven't seen them, then you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's amazing how many people I've asked. Do you have you heard of or have you heard of Guar? Yes. Have you seen Guar? No. You know. And then the, the amount of people are like, oh, I'm not familiar. It's like I understand why you wouldn't be familiar because you don't necessarily want to pursue their albums and listen to them. And the albums are great, but you kind of have to you kind of have to roll in and like see what it's all about, get the backstory on the band, which is a huge you know like roller coaster ride. To, to I mean you know they've been out since. For like over 30 years yeah so yeah it's, it's amazing man yeah. it's really cool we have a random juxtaposition with guar because or you know like a six degrees of separation the empire records was filmed like right smack dab in the middle of our hometown so they had you know a, a part to play in that movie oh, yeah. and i watched that growing up you know yeah. knowing that it was in my hometown you know it, was, it meant more to me than most very cool, like, little yeah, Easter egg there. That, that that movie was like a, a Days of Confused, like a diet. Days yeah, like confused. a '90s Days of yeah. Confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a great movie, though. Yeah, it is. It is. For sure. You mentioned sticking out with being a hard pill to swallow on this tour. Have you noticed? I mean, our crowd reactions good so yeah. far. We've only had one really bad show, and I think everybody had a bad show. Um, and I think that was just due to the surroundings and the way, you know, that, that city exists. So, uh, but other than that, like, everything else has been really awesome. And, and even the, you know, shows that are a little less 
are a little more lackluster than the others are have a lot to do with terrain and weather and you know you know kids aren't coming out when it's raining or whatever you know that's that's every tour every city unless you're you know Guns N' Roses so I think at this point we uh we're just happy to be there and and of course you know U.S. Bastards is a straightforward Motorhead-esque rock band, you know. We have a lot more sexuality, a lot more, like, high-energy rock and roll, like, some pop influences, and, and Ghoul is, like, does the guar thing where they have a backstory, they have, they, you know, they dress up, um, they spray blood and shit, so they're, you know, they're, they're kind of... And, and under the wing of Guar, because a lot of those dudes work with Guar very closely, so... And they do their own style. I love the band, but their fans aren't going to like us as much, you know. Just because that's... People who like thrash metal, you know, they find an element in He is Legend, maybe. I mean, and we have people come up and like, hell yeah, I loved it. But we're definitely gaining a new fan base from this. That's... You know, can't say anything wrong with that. No, definitely not. The last time we talked to you, Q was a few weeks away from being released, and now that you're like half a year away from it, looking back on it, are you happy with everything, the reception? And the yeah, I'd say with? 90% of everything I'm very happy with. There are little speed bumps that I think are just like learning life lessons that we had um, kind of fall on our lap sort of through no faults of our own, the outsourcing of shipping and stuff like that that we thought would, would relieve us a little. Um, some of the stuff didn't get there, and then, you know, asking them to reship things has been hard. Um, I had to kind of take that under our own, you know, into our own responsibility and start shipping things off that had already been shipped. So there's those things and international things like that. Trying to get our record in the stores. And stuff. I mean, you know, those things are... I think every band is going to have to deal with stuff like that on a le any level that they're on, you know. Yeah. So I don't, I don't find that as being like a reason why I would never do it again. But yeah. at the same time, I think it, it was 99% positive, and it definitely brought us closer to our fans. The people are coming out left and right that we're just like, you know, very happy to see again. And we've developed a closer relationship by starting a street team. And, you know, all sorts of random things like that that yeah. would probably not have happened if we didn't figure out the ins and outs of producing a record from the ground up and how easy it is to connect with your fans if you can corral them into all into one spot through the internet. You know, I mean, you can put something on your social media, but if you're speaking directly to the people that organize a group and they are speaking directly, like making a phone tree essentially for rock and roll, that's what we used to do when we were kids, you know, like what bands used to do in the 80s, in the 90s, you know, like the punk aspect of going out and flyering your town is dead and that shouldn't yeah. be dead, you know, yeah, that's something that I still look for, I'm not going on this place's website and checking their schedule, you know, like we get to a club, we see it there, or I look through the local street mag or whatever, you know, yeah. flyering is, should remain... <laughs> but kids are walking away from it, and mainly promoters are, are walking away from it because they know that all they gotta do is dump a hundred bucks into a Facebook ad, and then boom, it hit everybody. It's like, no, it didn't hit, it didn't hit the kids that don't give a shit about looking at that stuff or scroll right past it. 
man, I had I had a staple gun and staples in my truck at all times back then. Yeah. We were all over here doing that kind of yeah. shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sad. I walked by a, a telephone pole walking over to the center of the universe thing, and uh, it's just a telephone pole full of staples, no posters whatsoever. <laughs> yep. Just yeah, like, well, that's those are the days. Yeah, maybe they were. <laughs> well, uh, what what are the new stuff have you seen that, that's going over live the best? We're only playing one new tune on this tour just because wow. we have a 30 minute set. Oh, okay. so gotcha. We thought we'd try to run the gamut, play a little bit of everything, and get out of there. Um, be on the headlining run we just did. We did three. I mean, people were loving like Eastern Locust, uh, jamming that one. Sand, obviously. We yeah. just dropped the video for Sand today. Yeah. Um, people really dig that song. I mean, it's, it's definitely fused a different record, and kids really like it. No one really seems to be asking. I mean, they just seem to be content with what we're doing, you know. So, and our shows have been kind of uh, a little less whimsical and more like, you know, one song flowing right into another. You know, very little downtime. So, uh, which is what we try to do on this tour too. I mean, we just want to get on and get off because people don't know us, and I feel like the more I stand up there talking, the less, you know mystique is involved in what we're doing and I think the, this crowd in general wants that that shrouded rocker mystique you know yeah. like we're not saying much that so makes us seem like a little off-putting I guess especially when you're playing a tour with a bunch of monsters and like you know, <laughs> yeah, <cool. I'm> <laughs> well, I'm always curious what vocalist or anyone thinks in a band about people with cell phones like filming it right in front of their face like in a small club because I've been in the crowd and you can't see what the hell's going on so I just wonder from your perspective if it annoys you or if you don't care I get annoyed I get annoyed I get annoyed at that at anything though you know like somebody gets hit by a car on the side of the road like everybody pulls their phone out rather than help you know that 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 cell phone dementia that we have going on where we lose time and, and forget what we're doing is something to be said about it at a show i get it even though i think you're ruining your your experience because you're watching through a cellular device same way as i feel about people like holding out their you know taking pictures of artwork at museums you know like that always bothered me even way before the show thing because it's like you know you're meant to walk through a museum and take it all in and really like like ponder it up close feel the energy that was in it from a painting that's you know older than our country yeah and people were just like snapping a picture walking on you know you're never gonna you could do that with a magazine why'd you pay 50 bucks to get into the museum you could look that painting up on the exact internet exactly (laughs) and that's the thing that like the separation that we have between this tiny little screen where Every answer is on there. You can look up anything, you know. It's just it seems like the people just don't want to put it down, not and they and they don't even have a choice to anymore. You know, you're at a you're at a museum or you're you know, you're at a rock show or whatever it is that you're doing, and you're ruining your experience with being there because looking through this little thing makes it seem unreal to your brain, even though you are there. Like you're trying to capture this moment when really your memory would be more prone to saving it in a way that's that's more beautiful to you, you know, yeah. more more meaningful. I would love for people to just like drop your cell phone at the door like this is an exclusive show. Yeah. You would think that would be a guar kind of you know, vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I heard on Sirius they had that 
Stone Cold Pilots debuted their new singer, and they made everybody put, put their phones in that rubber bag that locks up. And they said the vibe was so much better. Everybody was talking and drinking and, yeah. you know, like, kind of how it used to be. And, you know, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Have you heard that I song? wonder. I haven't heard the song. I wonder how it's going to be. <laughs> I mean, I literally, it's literally the too soon thing for me. You yeah. know, it's been two years. Yeah. I was a huge influence on my life. And, yeah. Um, I actually got a call from a friend who is in a big band out there that's friends with the brothers and yeah. uh, while we were recording few actually they like were trying to hit me up to see if I would be interested in auditioning for it and I was just like dude just that you know like I mean that seems yeah. a little strange I, I knew they were going to try another project did not know that they were going to do and I know Chester was doing it which makes it equally as yeah. odd yeah um I get it. I mean, it's basically, you know, it's a band, you know, like, move on if you want. It just wasn't for me. Same thing with Velvet Revolver. I don't know why it was always like, like, I was kind of a shoe-in, for, or not a shoe-in, but I had a few call, taken a few calls about doing the Velvet Revolver yeah. thing when Scott left, and um, they, they apparently had a whole album written, and... I'd spoken to a few guys involved with the band, and it came down to me doing like a YouTube audition with all, the, and I was just not into that. I was like, I already have a band, you know, and I have like followers and things. I'm not going to do a YouTube, I'll, like, I'm not going to karaoke your song. Yeah. If you want me to audition, I'll come to LA and audition, and then I never heard back. It was like, I guess me being pig headed for a moment, like, ruin that chance but did it really I mean what would have where would I be now doing that like, you know sitting at home watching Guns N' Roses tour <laughs> yeah, yeah right exactly there's no Velvet Revolver anymore right this was another band I really dug I mean it was we've had a lot of really strange stories like that happened to us over the years and then you know we're still here doing this so yeah. there's gonna be a reason for it <laughs> well uh going back just a little bit I, I want to talk about the, the song Be Easy that song really sticks out to me, and it, it's pretty fun. So, I mean, what, what, what can you say about that? Um, <coughs> these uh, these heavy fruit songs were written in a very different way. Um, I know we wanted to go like a minimalist route and make these kind of rock songs that that we would want to hear ourselves, you know. Um, obviously, a lot of, like, Queens of the Stone Age influence for my, like, at least vocally, I felt like I was I was rocking, like, the Arctic Monkeys and Queens of the Stone Age a lot then, and, like, trying to do my own take on this, like, Beach Boys vibe of, of vocal harmonies and stuff, so... Um, I mean, the lyrical content is... is just a little silly love song, you know, essentially just written in, in my own way of, you know, I just, I like to write in prose and, and you know, metaphor, but uh, the song's really, you know, kind of like a cat and mouse song as it slows down and jumps back into this big, like, thrashy chorus, and, and obviously, like, the, the lyrics, like, about, like, having somebody want to chase you or you know, it's like I think can relate to man, woman, you 
know, like job, anything, you know, like like having to play the game is something that we always are against, especially in the music scene when it's like, you know, there's a format that every everybody in a suit says you're supposed to do this, this way, do this, that way, if you do this, and put this out there, and those things get so tiring, and I think it really weighs on the, the creativity of a band that just wants to play the coolest shows they can and rock out and have a good time and if that's what you can do and that's all you can do I think you're better for it you know I think a lot of those songs on Heavy Fruit were personal they were pointed um they may or may not have been about like inner relationships like that I had witnessed either be it you know through friends and their relationships with family or or inner workings in the band and things like that like I mean I just when I when I like the song itself you know Adam is responsible for for the musicality and, and the things and I'm there to just you know unlock a door with a story and, and work off of that vocal melodies kind of roll off of what he does because he writes with me in mind and I write you know in to try to be an accompaniment to his guitar playing so we've always done it that way I just think that record was written in a in a in a way where we we knew it was we had something to prove it was an option for a, a record label that we knew we wouldn't be working with after that so it was just an odd time you know it came out beautifully I love it I love that record a lot but it's very different than Few and I think Few kind of went back more to where our roots are because few we had no input we were definitely just start to finish every idea was ours no one told us yay or nay no you know no comments on the vocals no like no hey you should maybe make that verse shorter it was all just like those songs came out exactly the way we knew they would from the practice room so yeah in that aspect we i think we were given a lot more f freedom to play the way we wanted and to write the way we wanted record the way we wanted we were given a little more time than we normally would be given so ideally a perfect way to make a record in the winter you know there's a lot of things that went into it I'm sure that I, I touched base on last time we talked but looking back now the only thing I would do different is maybe have a campaign manager to, to run all the uh, the ins and outs of from the site to the like the last day when we we're like records here let's give it away you know because there was so much stuff that fell on my plate and it's been almost yeah, I think the campaign ended in the end of November 2005 the money didn't come in until December 30th 2005 so 2016 is when the money cleared in our bank and so we had all of 2016 to do what we said we were going to do so we used just about that year, we got in the studio right away and just started writing checks and by right around the time that that recording was finished, we had that all that money was spoken for, we knew where it was going, printed off, you know, hundreds of t-shirts, hundreds of, you know, the, the like smoking jackets and stuff like that, all the things that went into it, we just like wrote checks, wrote checks, it was the strangest thing to witness you know we've never had money we don't have money now we don't we didn't have money like even getting all that money 
it's like you know where that's a startup you know that's that's the start of this business of like the he is legend franchise you know make it what we want it and involve our fans in it and i'd say that happened 100 percent across the board we flew that out you know it's great but yeah i mean if you have a fan base and you're a band i highly suggest doing it if you don't have a fan base i'd say look at you know, or if you just have a local fan base, and you can do it on a smaller scale. Maybe start a band camp. But uh, I'll take one more of these. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a learn. There's a big, huge learning curve. And if a band has enough fans that they can get in there and make that a priority and and really connect with their fans, it's a beautiful thing to do. If you don't have that. Or if you have that on a small scale, there's also a way to work around it, distancing yourself from record labels and people with no musical talent who are going to try to tell you what to do. That's a big thing that needs to be, you know, yeah. just needs to be shunned. Yeah, there's no, there's no dude in a suit's going to tell you that you're that they know better than you. You know, exactly. I don't care who you are. Like if you if you if you can't bring your guitar in and say play it like this. And it'd be like something that blows our mind, and we're not gonna, you know, we're just not gonna take it seriously. We've been making music for this long now. I think we know what we're doing. You know, I mean, you know, now that being said, like a Terry Date or a Steve Albini or, you know, even a Josh Ame, like going out to the ranch, something like that, that would be a dream of ours. And of course, we would be open to situations like yeah. that. But that's but until that that's happens, a shinier yeah. side of the penny that we're probably not going to fry off the ground anytime soon. So, or, is every song you guys do, like you said, written by Adam, guitar-wise, or song structure-wise, and then you yeah. finish it me off? Yeah, me and him are essentially the, the writers. He has such a, I mean, even times when I've come in with ideas that idea is like, oh yeah, oh I know what you're thinking, and then it turns into like what I was thinking but couldn't relate to him because we have, we've been doing this since we were 18, you know, but but his, he has a, a gift of just, you know, the songs are in there, the second guitar parts are in there, the third guitar parts maybe are in there, synth back, I mean everything, he knows the structure of it, and I either piece my vocals together through that or we'll add changes like this needs to be shorter or hey what if we do this but normally the skeleton of the song is there in the practice room and then it's like helps me build my melodies around that and then through that like find a, a common ground of what the song sounds like in order to produce content for lyrics you know I never really have like I want to write a song about this or I want the lyrics to be about this it's usually it comes out of this uh, alchemy of me listening to what he's created and then like that sound gives me an idea I relate it to whatever you know create a story or create characters out of this kind of like just you know, sonic world that he creates you know and obviously working with a drummer too when it when it comes down to that it's like I work off really hard off the drums too because being a drummer of mine you know when I was younger I uh 
drum beats really inspire me as well. So it's like, you know, adding those two things together and, and hearing the music build become a thing. Um, it's, I mean, that's how it's done. That's how it's always been done for us. We just, we roll it out. And it's too, because, you know, if you write a song in the stu- in the practice space and you get to the studio, the little nuances change while you're recording and toning out. And it takes such a long time to get those tones right to hear every little thing that happens throughout I want to wait until I know that he's like happy with the guitar work and then when the guitar work is done it's like now I can go back and recut all the stuff that I thought I was going to be doing because it's also the same thing when you get into a vocal booth like you might hear something in your head that you want to do and you haven't actually done it until you've done it you know so it's it's interesting I like recording um, it's, I mean, it's not why we do this why we do this is to yes make music is one side of it but, but playing live is the real where the payoff is you know? getting to meet fans getting to be out here and do what we do live is, I think that's where we have a big talent so. we're still you know going from over there at that place to over here it's just a, it's a it's not a bad scene. No, not at all. That place is gone, though. Yeah, I know. I heard. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, talked to Jake earlier. Awesome. He says he's going to try to come out tonight. Was, was yeah. That's right. Yeah. That place is called the Downtown Lounge. Yeah, yeah. I miss it. Sure. That place was cool. <laughs> it was a fuck, fucking load-in was a bitch, but it was a weird-ass <laughs> stage. I mean, I guess it wasn't that bad because you literally just load right onto the stage. It's just a strange little stage in there. But I, those are some of the most rock and roll shows ever, yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Real fun. <laughs> well, your guys' albums are kind of all distinct of each other. Have you guys ever considered doing albums in their entirety live? We got asked to do that for I Am Hollywood, and I was against it. Just because I, I mean, I know bands, certain bands do that, and I, I completely understand why. But I don't want to be in that, uh, that whole like reunion thing that's going on. I don't, it doesn't really appeal to me. And I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I just can't find a. I don't think we would be opposed to like maybe play few live, like in its entirety, or any any of our albums in its entirety for you know, a show just to maybe record it or do something like that, but doing a full tour, just like, this is what we're playing, I don't know, I just, that's a, that seems so fatty to me, like, the big fat people are doing it, it's a money grab, I think it's a money grab, it feels like that to me. It's like, if if a band wanted to do it because they wanted to do it, I get it, but, you know, it's promoters saying, hey, play this album from 15 years ago and we'll give you more money. Yeah. Than if you just came and played your, and it's a little. And you know, I can't find myself. I I went to one show, and I was drugged to this show. But I went to I went to see Minus the Bear, who I love. Uh, I mean, but I I don't I don't think I ever really dove into one album per se. And I watched them play this album live, full front to back. And then when they came back, they did took like a 20 minute break came back and they played just played the hits like bangers songs people wanted to bend they wanted to play I could not tell you one song off of that album that they played I don't remember I remember owning the album I don't remember a song that I specifically jammed all the time and I found myself when they came back on and they were playing I just remember being like 
I would have come just to see you guys jam, like, and play the songs you want to play and play a set and just do it the way you want. Because that vibe, you know, it's nice when a song from a 10-year-old record can vibe right into a brand new song, into a song nobody's ever heard, into a cover song. You know, like, I like that about the way music, the way bands write set lists. I'm not, I don't want to hear your album front to back. I, I probably don't even want to hear it front to back when I put it in my car, you know? Like, I'll probably skip it five songs in unless I'm waiting for that track that I love. Yeah, it just, uh, it seems like a money grab. No no offense to any band that's ever done it, but, you know, I mean, to me, it just doesn't seem like something I'd be into doing. However, one day we will play in utero front to back. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> We've talked about it for years. So that's awesome. One day it'll happen. <laughs> like how much of that have you played? You know it all. We cover so many Nirvana songs. I mean, I'm sure we all know it all by heart just listening to it. But we talked about maybe doing it for a New Year's show, just like secret New Year's show, just like playing all of In Utero, and then playing like maybe three or four Ears Legend songs at the end. Just like <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> Definitely would be recorded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, have you uh, heard any of these? Uh, like the Master of Puppets reissue with all the extra stuff and they did with Ride the Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Kill them all and everything. Have you heard any of the extra stuff? I haven't. Have you listened yet? I haven't. Um, I will. Yeah, I just haven't, I haven't had a chance. I've been vibing on some like, I mean, I've, I've it's been kind of a heavy month to, to be away from home. I've had a lot of like, heavy things that have gone on like it's all you know it'll be a couple days it'll be a year since I lost my grandmother my mom's birthday is today shout out mom happy birthday I love you um uh my granddad's birthday was two days ago my girlfriend's little brother had a baby like a week ago um Thanksgiving obviously um just a fuckload of just stuff I've missed from being home and I know this is this is very fun to be on the road. It's also a job, and I have to look at it like that when I think about things like that because it's just been heavy. So I've been I've been doing like sad bastard music lately, just like you know listening to old Christmas albums that my mom loved, my grandma loved, and just like you know because when we're when I'm wandering around by myself, you know seeing like people putting up their Christmas lights and stuff, like I get nostalgic for that. I, I'm a Christmas kind of dude, you know, like. Yeah. I love Halloween. I can really give a shit about Thanksgiving, but the family part is I'm very close to my family. So, you know, missing so, so much of this stuff that happened this year and is happening now has been, uh, it's been a little more difficult than... I mean, I know we all have our things, but this has just been a rough year to be... or a rough month to be gone, but it's also how can you pass up a bar? Yeah, right. So, and everybody understands that. Yeah. But yeah, I've just missed a lot of stuff. So. I was sitting down with Keith from Every's My Die. We played a show together not so long ago. And we were just being old, salty dudes at a bar, you know, because we rarely play together. Well, we have a lot of memories about Christmas time in general because I, I, when I filled in for Maylene years ago, 2009, um, it was over you know, the Christmas holiday. And 
that we got home two days before Christmas, but we were like watching It's a Wonderful Life every day in the bus and like, you know, decorating the bus and wandering around and, you know, you're in Munich walking around, which is like the mecca of all Christmas decorations. And it's literally just like, it's like walking through the North Pole. Yeah. So we're just all festive and like two hardcore, you know, rockers just wandering around. Saw him recently and we were just discussing, you know, like what this is. And he's like, yeah, my daughter just took her first steps yesterday and I'm in, you know, Spokane, Washington with you. I was like, you so, you know, it can get heavy out, you know, especially when you talk to your friends, but it's nice to, to continue those conversations when you're away from each other. And I try to reach out to him every, every now and then and, and we just like, kind of keep each other on our toes because yeah. I, mean, I don't think there's enough people saying that, you know, how thankful you are for friendships and, yeah. I mean, look at Chris Cornell and stuff like that, like yeah, where it's definitely. like, I think there's an amount of, there's an amount of loneliness that comes the larger you get in a, in a rock group, an amount of loneliness that you can't describe and, uh, you know, especially if you have enough dough to walk off stage, get in a cab, go to a hotel room by yourself and be sober. I mean, being sober sucks. You know, I mean, it's like, ask anyone. It, it, it might be the way to be and the best thing that a lot of people should do for themselves, but nobody is sitting home in their sobriety going like, I'm living the best life, man. Like, I drank an Urban Mate earlier. Like, I'm going to bed at eight. You know, like, oh, you guys are going out? Cool. I'm going to watch, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, and and if you can imagine being in a, in a band with with that much anonymity just handed to them because they want to be ignored at certain points points and they you know in depression which is very real and unchosen you might want to just be alone in a hotel room and not be not have someone speak to you and people might fault a person for that situation and those times are dark who knows what's going on in these people's minds you know you can't fault them for what they've done suicide is something obviously like I don't want to get too heavy on your podcast but it's something that's definitely people like to overlook the what goes on surrounding those situations and, and people also will never know unless it's laid out um, so yeah I mean it's that's a part of this this life that I don't think people look at. It's like, you know, we have our own personal lives and, like, we get sad. We get, you know, down. It's not a fucking party every day. We're not just like, you know, woo, next city. What's up, Tulsa? You know, like, it can get, it can get heavy. And, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, I think that if you're not high-fiving or, like, hugging or leaving your favorite band a letter... Or, you know, like, just showing them. I know people come up and say, like, hey, I love your music. And that's that always means something. To me. You know, like, the people who aren't doing that, who really mean something, like, you know, or you're not able to speak to, like, all your favorite bands need it. They need that love and encouragement because when it is hard and you're not getting it, it's, you know, it's one of those times where you question whether you're you should be doing it or not luckily enough we're all friends and we have a good time being together and we've been together for so long so I wake up on Thanksgiving morning if I was just with a bunch of assholes and I could be way more upset than being with my best friends in the world you know what I mean that's I'm lucky I know people that have it a lot worse I don't know how 
Soundgarden or Lincoln Park, you know, whatever Chester was doing, what was going on in their lives. But I mean, I do realize this like severity of fame, and it's even on the smallest of scales. I've I've noticed how fucking you know miserable this can be at times. There again, like you weigh the good and the bad, and obviously, like people would kill to be in our position or our position. Everybody's like, you know, having a good time. But, you know, give your give your favorite band a hug. You know, <laughs> they need it. They need it. <laughs> well, uh, a minute ago you were talking about uh, Christmas. Was, what, what's your Christmas album that takes you back? Your favorite? Oh, I have a lot actually. Yeah. My mom always listened to the Lennon Sisters back in the day. Um, that's gonna be a very hard album to find. Um, Perry Como obviously was another one of her favorites. You know all the classic like Bing Crosby and stuff. But um, I always download Bob Dylan's um, Theme Time Radio Hour that he does, and he always does a Christmas. I don't even think he does Theme Time Radio Hour that much anymore. But he used to do a Christmas episode all the time so I would download those and listen to them and he would play the most obscure stuff um The Spirit of Christmas by Ray Charles is probably my all time favorite that's all over the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation it's what he's what he the Christmas song Christmas is the time oh, yeah. Yeah. being with the ones <laughs> or he's up watching the thing the thing in the attic and he's like got his the shower cap on <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's a that's a beautiful beautiful Christmas album. Um, Elvis Christmas Greats is good. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I had this one that was like a uh, like a weird B side thing. What we used to listen to all the time. My mom used to throw on. But yeah, I mean, I, man, any of it. I don't know. I'm a sucker for it. It's just like. It's the least metal thing you could talk about, but it's like, you know, yeah. like I just love that, you know, that, that, that feeling just reminds me of being a little kid, going to look at the Christmas lights. That's what we did, you know, we'd get in the car, we'd go look at Christmas lights, we didn't really have the money, so it was just like, drive around, look at Christmas lights. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody, my side, my side, my side, you know, like that's what we did. We There's actually this one thing that we had, and I don't know where, it was like on a tape, it was some Christmas compilation that had a lot of really stupid like kid songs on there. But there's one like uh, I I just go nuts for Christmas. If you find this song, it's so racist. It's like a it's like a Jewish guy talking about Christmas or whatever, and he and he like he, he pronounces his J's as Y's. You know, hey, yes, yeah, it's for Christmas. <laughs> All the kids hang up their sock. You know, it's like yeah. really silly. But I always try to find it every year because it's so it's so far out and so <laughs> on PC. It's like yeah. just off the wall. They couldn't make that today. No way, no way. <laughs> then there was the uh, the this claymation Christmas special that I try to watch every year on YouTube. It's just like these two dinosaurs were hosting this like ABC Christmas special, and uh, the California raisins were on it. Sick, really cool. <laughs> Yeah. And of course, Home Alone. I watch I watch Home Alone one and two at least two or three times a year. Like I have a me and me and my lady, we always just sit down one day when it's just like you should watch Home Alone. Like in July, like sometimes in the summertime, I'm watching Home Alone at least three times a year. 
I haven't seen two since they came out, probably. Yeah, but I've seen one. Really? Recently. Two's my favorite, actually. Really? Donald, yeah, Donald fucking Trump's that in that movie. <laughs> Donald Trump has a camera. Yes. Oh, my God. Trump's ours. <laughs> A, Home Alone Two is so good. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say it's better, but I'd say those are two movies like, like Die Hard One and Two. Like they're yeah. just movies that you, Die Hard is my favorite unintentional Christmas movie. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Home Alone, fucker. Yeah. <laughs> I got a machine gun. <laughs> I got a machine gun. <laughs> There's a theater over here that's been there since like the 20s. Yeah, they re- renovated and all that, and they show White Christmas every year. And, uh, I used to, I saw that like whenever I was a kid, but then I hadn't seen it forever. And my it's like my girlfriend's favorite movie. Yeah. So we went the last few years and saw it. And now I like look forward to it's it. tradition. Even yeah. though I've seen it, ten, you know, the last five years. Yeah. Ago, That's the way I am tonight. during Halloween with yeah. The Shining. Yeah. I'll, I'll, we always <laughs> rent out a place and watch The Shining real huge. Um, watch Home Alone one and two soon because they're so good. <laughs> But also, uh, It's a Wonderful Life should be watched every year by everyone. It's such a great movie. It's probably one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's just like, you know, Jimmy Stewart being awesome. Such a good movie. It's so under... It should be watched year-round, too. should throw that in there. Hopefully this is going to be your Christmas podcast. We do a lot of Christmas <laughs> talk. We'll make it our Christmas episode. Yeah. Jingle bells. What do you guys... Uh, Guar should do a Christmas album. That would be sick. Yeah, they should. <laughs> so, what there was like two years ago, like two or three years ago, a metal album came out, but it was just a bunch of... That compilation that had like all the different guys on each song. It was an actual band. Just, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like Christmas Des- songs. Dust and Devil Driver singing Run Run Rudolph with oh, like, yeah. um, oh, like Doug Alders playing guitar and just <laughs> Yeah, super group Christmas stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to do a song with, with Devil Driver and it fell through for, you know, different circumstances, but uh, hopefully next time I'll do some stuff with them. Neil hit me up and we were talking about it and just couldn't make it work. I'm really bummed that it, it could, I, didn't, I didn't have a producer with a studio open that I could have gone to at that point and we were leaving for Guar. And, you know, we've done a couple of huge festivals driving all the way across country and back in the last couple of months. It's just been really grueling tour schedules. So. When you guys are on the road during holiday, like Thanksgiving, do you try to do anything, like find a place to eat, that kind of thing? Usually we do. A lot of us are vegetarian, so um, we look for a place. This year we struck out pretty bad, but I will say we were in L.A. the day before and we ate like kings. So, And then the day after that we were in Denver, so we ate like kings. So, I mean... We skipped Thanksgiving this year, which is fine. We were in Mesa, Arizona, or Tempe, Arizona, so uh, not not too worried about it. Usually Whole Foods does this right. We got to this Whole Foods, and it was like eating at a Piggly Wiggly. It was just like, I don't, y'all don't have those out here, do you? Piggly Wiggly? Yeah. It was like eating at a, like, like a Harris Teeter or some shit, you know, like Publix. <laughs> But yeah, we usually try to do it. We cook a lot on the road, like, lately just because it's been so cold and we can't be outside prepping all our stuff, we've just been making, like, hobo bags, you know, like, just 
chopping up a lot of veggies. Everybody gets the meat they want, throws it in, seasoning, wrap them up, throw them on the fire. 45 minutes, they're done. Yeah. Steaming hot. You got potatoes, onions, you know, like chard, all sorts of veggies. And we just all have your little sack of aluminum foil and just go to town. And it's when it's cold outside and you got a little campfire going on. Yeah. Set happiest campers ever, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do. We do good. We we feed ourselves well when we have the opportunity. To. Were you able to do that in most places you stop? Or we have, we're members of, of the campgrounds of America. So oh, we did it last night. We just left. There's one like maybe 20 miles away in uh, Claremore. We yeah. stayed at, and it's like right beside a casino. Nothing to write home about. But uh, some some of these places are legit like rock walls and water parks or little streams you know like lazy rivers and we love them you know because I mean at a hotel room like I was just saying I mean there's a lot of uh, like anonymity that goes nobody wants to look you in the eye you know you got one bathroom between five dudes there you got a bathhouse everybody can go in take a shower take a shit when they want to you got a fire pit you go in you start a fire cut up some vegetables throw them in a bag boom you're done you're just sitting around you know, get your laundry done it's, it's a beautiful thing in the morning somebody's watching their camper like where y'all from you know it's like it's very personal in our old age I feel like it's better to like be nice and, and, and make friends you know like see a family pet a dog you know like give a kid a shirt you know what are you gonna do because they're out, they're out doing the same thing you are. They're seeing the world for the first time. You've seen it a thousand times. Yeah, exactly. It's nice. It's nice. To, it's nice to stay at campgrounds. You get a different view of the world. We've been hotel room suitcases for ten years. You know, this is a different vibe and slows us down a little bit. You wake up and you see, you know, either a vast prairie or huge mountain or a waterfall, like because you. KOAs seek out spots where it's like you know feels like you're in the wilderness yeah so yeah it's uh I highly suggest it man it's cheaper too we paid 35 bucks to park last night (laughs) hell yeah you wouldn't pay you paid triple that for one hotel room definitely yeah yeah no kidding do you guys have like a Blu-ray player or something on your RV we we just stream to an iPad, like, just stream Netflix and stuff. We had one. I had an Xbox that, like, an Xbox that I had all my all my games, select horror movies, and the Seinfeld box set, and someone stole it. And I've yet to buy a new one, and I really want to, and I'm waiting to see whether or not I want to get a PlayStation or an Xbox One S. Yeah. I've always been an Xbox guy. I've always played Gears of War. I haven't played the new Gears of War. It's the only game I play. And like any horror survival game. But I don't know which one to get. I know Resident Evil's on both now. It used to not be like that. So I gotta get something. But yeah, we our TV fell and it broke so we never got it back in and better without one just watch TV when you would everybody's gonna be on their phone anyway right. yeah we got a little a little uh, like an iPad we'll set up and we'll, we'll watch cartoons and shit the most heart like you know like mind numbing things they work the best <laughs> after an 18 hour drive you just wanna like zone out not think maybe laugh a little bit 
<laughs> yeah, I just didn't wonder if the rest of your band was into stuff like Home Alone or. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're the only one. No, we're all into comedy. Uh, me and Jesse have very similar tastes. Like we're we watch a lot of Tim and Eric. Like they're like our probably in the office. Like we quote the office all day long. Yes. Yeah. We just started watching Big Mouth, which is like Nick Kroll's show. I just finished that. So funny. It's amazing. Yeah. It's the most vulgar thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's very funny. Yes, yeah, so we watch a lot of that. I love Nick Kroll. His show was great. I couldn't believe it got canceled, but I mean, he went on to do really crazy things. Yeah. Did you see any of the uh, the on Too Much Tuna or whatever the on Broadway thing? No. Off Broadway, I think it was called. Um, it was on the Kroll show, his like sketch comedy thing. Him and this guy, they do the Too Much Tuna prank. They have a if you look up Nick Kroll on, on Netflix, his on, I think it's called Off Broadway or something like that. They do a just a too much tuna live. It's it's ridiculous, but it's very funny. He's a really funny guy. <laughs> Another show you should watch if you got Hulu is Future Man. I've heard. Oh man, I just finished that. That's awesome. funny. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, really? It's over the top. Yeah. All right. I need something new. I'm I'm ready to watch. Uh, I'm a big Christopher, Christopher Maloney fan, and he has that sci-fi thing coming out on the 6th with Patton Oswalt on, on the sci-fi channel, so I don't know where I'm going to be able to catch it, but it's supposed to be over the top, like, out of this world, and it's Christmas, so it'll be, it'll be cool. See a, little, see a little Christmas, like, sci-fi crazy movie. I'm into it. I'll report back. Thanks for the shirt, too. That kicks so much ass. Yeah. There you go, Skylar Kroom of He Is Legend. Thank you, big thank you, as always, to Katie Irizarry from Freeman Promotions. Definitely. She's always a huge help. Yes. This was no different. Thank you, of course, to Skylar Kroom for not only taking the time to talk to us, but for talking to us for almost an hour. Yes, that and was awesome. <laughs> I gotta say, I think... Of any band, you know, anybody we've ever talked to in a touring band, that's the longest anyone's ever sat down and talked to us Yeah, in a touring band, you know, because normally you get these guys before the show and they, you know, 20, 30 minutes and then they've got to do other stuff yeah. to get ready well, for the show. So we got kind of lucky on this one. Well, didn't, didn't he say like, I just want to get out of here for a little bit. Let's go have a drink. Yeah. So that's what we did. We just went and had a beer, had a beer too. And, uh, you know these guys are on the road and they're around the same people all the time. So they just kind of want to get away. So it was great. Worked out awesome. If you're at any of the shows coming up and you see him wearing a Thunder Underground shirt, take a picture for us because <laughs> we gave him one of those. So I just want to see if it ever pops up. People. Or the other shirt. Oh, that's right. So last time he was on here, we talked about Stevie Nicks and he brought up that he wished she would come to the show after because she was playing like two blocks away that night. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and and he said she should come here because anyone that would have someone blow cocaine in their butthole would surely like a his legend show. Bam. So we put that on a t-shirt and gave it to him and he thought that was pretty cool. He seemed to dig it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, once again, thanks to him. And like I said, if you're a fan of him, go back to episode, I think it's 112. He was on here earlier in the year, back in the spring. So get a chance to check these guys out and do it. They're still on this tour with Gore. I think it's got, I think it's winding down, but okay. it's, or it might have actually just ended. But regardless, they're on tour with Gore. 
U.S. bastards and ghoul. Speaking of that, Brent from U.S. Bastards and Gore is going to be on this podcast soon. That's right. Because we recorded that the same day. Be on the lookout. Yeah, so that's one to look out for. And then going back, you can pull up soundcloud.com backslash thunder-underground. You can go on iTunes and search Thunder Underground, Stitcher, all that stuff. Our website. Just scroll back through there. There's 150 episodes. That's a lot. That's right. There's so a you're gonna find something you like. A treasure trove of rock interviews with people from fucking Joey Allen Warrant to fucking uh, Miss May I. I mean, <laughs> you do a blank after the first name because 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 because. I mean, there's so much. I mean, right. we've done fucking Shooter Jennings. We've done fucking Drowning Pool. I mean, we've been lucky enough to have Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick on the show. And, you know, we've had Ian Moore and we even had Eddie Trunk for a few minutes. So it just, that, you know, it's just all over the fucking place. Yeah. Wino from The Obsessed. Yeah. Reed Mullen of COC. Chris Broderick of Active Defiance. And of course, Megadeth. We had had John Connolly from Seven Dust. Ian Hogland from Europe. We've had on guys from... Lenny Lashley from Street Dogs? Yeah. I mean, come on. How awesome is that? That is awesome. We've had on guys from The Sword and from King and yes. from Battlecross. And speaking of King, go to GoFundMe and search King and give him five bucks or whatever you can. Oh, it's, yeah. No kidding. This has been I need a, to do that. two or three or a few weeks, maybe within the past month, someone like stole all their shit. Yeah. Like their, I think their entire trailer worth of stuff. I think last, I think I heard him say seventy five thousand dollars worth of equipment. Yeah, and I mean this is one of those bands that isn't at that level where that shit's expendable. You know, so they could use your help. That's why they got to go fund me for it. Definitely help so, them out. Right. I mean it's it, it's sad that uh, all of Eddie's fucking his dean. Uh, SG looking guitars that look so fucking badass. Yeah. That some shithead fucking stole them. Yeah. You know, I hope that guy gets fucking gonorrhea or something and his dick falls off. <laughs> Whoever fucking stole that shit. Right. You suck. <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything else we want to talk about? This, I, if you're in the Tulsa area this Friday night, yes. Texas Hippie Coalition is playing the Canes, but more importantly, Fist of Rage is opening up for them. Definitely. So get out there and check that out. I think it's only 15 bucks. And? The very next night. Yes. Sprout, who has been on this podcast three times, most recently just like a month and a half or two months ago. Yeah. He is playing Badass Renee's Saturday night with his new solo project, where it's just him and a guitar, basically, and a piano, I think. I don't know if he does the piano live or not. We'll, we'll find see. out. Yeah. And he's playing, like I said, Badass Renee's, and he talks about all this on that most recent episode that he was on, so go back and check that out. All right. And they were supposed to announce the Rocklahoma lineup yesterday. They didn't because who knows what's going on. But when they do, we'll have within within 12 hours, we'll have a Rocklahoma reaction video up on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we would have found out today, but that guy from Queens of Stone Age had to go and kick a photographer in the face. So <laughs> That's what we're guessing. Way to go, dick. <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of YouTube, at The Thunder Underground, there's some extra stuff on there that's not on the official podcast episodes, so follow us there as well. Like I mentioned earlier, TheThunderUnderground.com has all the links to all the social medias 
and all the places you can listen to the podcasts like iTunes and Stitcher and Google Music. All right. Until next time. I would have asked for a, gra- a glass if you had Mexican beer, but these go down pretty smooth, you know. Thunder Underground, y'all.